I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Never heard anyone before? No. Never? Everyone knows his name. But no one knows the man. You okay? I ain't feeling so good. What's in those bags? Clippings from the garden? Behind his smile. Why are you following me? Why are you so paranoid? Behind his silence. Your grandmother says that you have a mannequin or something in your closet. Behind the legend lies the truth of Jeffrey Dahmer. Where's the key, Jeff? There's empty when I found it. My friend John. She's taking him home. No, he is not his friend. He told me something. My goddamn box! I want to see what's inside of it! Then I won't report you this time. But if I come across the two of you again, I'm gonna haul you in. But you don't have to worry about that, sir. We're gonna behave ourselves. I know about these kind of problems, son. You're gonna need some help. Nothing you have heard can prepare you for the true story that shocked the world. I am a pervert. An exhibitionist, masturbator, and a killer. Starring Jeremy Renner and Bruce Davidson. Discover the madness inside the mind of Dahmer. to horror versus reality i'm anastasia and morgan is with me as always yes i am except for that one time except for that one time okay, so <laughs> the one the one episode the morgan one is with me as usual how's that <laughs> yes yes all right so today's episode is Dahmer 2002 versus Jeffrey Dahmer's Killing Years. And uh, today happens to be Jeffrey Dahmer's birthday. Boo. Yeah. I don't uh, want to say happy birthday. We are not going to say happy birthday. But it is the day that he emerged, the anniversary of the day that he emerged from Joyce's womb. Isn't that her name? <laughs> Yes. Yeah. 
Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pew, pew, pew. Uh, yeah, okay, so. This is the people that are in this movie. And uh, the writers and directors and whatnot. So it was directed by David Jacobson. And it was written by David Jacobson. It was also written by David Burke. But he's uncredited credited for some reason. But he was a big part of the writing process. Regardless. Um, it stars Jeremy Renner as Dahmer. Bruce Davison as Dahmer's father. And Artel uh, Kayaru as Rodney who is one of his victims in the film, but it's he's the main one through a larger overarching uh, scene. Like, I'll explain it in a second. <laughs> yeah, he's like multiple characters mixed in one. He is. He's not just one person. Um, but yeah, so. Because the movie jumps around a lot, it goes back and forth. It goes back and forth in time, and in two different spots. <sighs> yeah. So it yeah, takes, yeah. <laughs> so it takes place over the course of like three-ish days, but the majority of it takes place in one evening. If, does that make sense? And then there's flashbacks to his childhood. Yeah, and flashbacks yeah. to like the late seventies and stuff. Yeah. Yep. 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 Okay, so I'm gonna just I'm gonna give a brief like overview and then just talk about certain memorable parts and just kind of jump around because it does. That sound good? Yes. Excellent. Okay. <laughs> okay. So Along the way, uh, some of the flashback scenes from his younger days are peppered in, like I was just saying. And they focus heavily on his relationship with his father. Uh, not much else from his younger years, which works fine because my friend Dahmer covered the rest of that, basically. Um, the bulk of the film takes place in just one evening, like I was just saying. Um, when he brings a young man, Rodney, home to his apartment and they have several interactions. In my opinion, this is, like, where the movie really shines. These scenes where Jeffrey is having to really focus on his would-be victim as, like, a human being. Um, but, gosh, let's talk about how far off Rodney's creepdar is. I know. Like, He's so just this, so trusting. <laughs> so trusting. So this, like, weird awkward ass dude who is a presence when he walks into a gun shop that you don't even really work at and he just talks to you about knives and shit and you're like yeah man I'll come with you back <laughs> to your back to your apartment you wanna go drink some BS what no <laughs> that no <laughs> I mean no <laughs> No part of me wants to do that. How about I pay you $50? I'll uh, take some nude photos of you. Take some pictures. <laughs> I can't do a Milwaukee accent. I I can't really either. It always yeah. ends up being more like 
Brooklyn Jewish, or <laughs> or it'll go to the or, other northern extreme, and then I'm from Fargo. Fargo. <laughs> like there's no in between with my northern accent. He did and kind I, of talk like he was from Fargo. <laughs> a, a little bit, yeah. It was a little more uh, gosh darn twangy um, in the northern twang. I don't know how to describe it. yeah but i mean like so not only that not only that but he gets like strangled by him at one point he runs and leaves the apartment and then because the bus has stopped running he goes back yeah who the fuck goes back seriously this man just tried to strangle you and then tried to pull it off like he was just playing and you left and now you go back? No, 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 no. I would call, I would go to the payphone and call. Yeah, the lo- payphone. <laughs> well, I mean, there would be a payphone back then. I know. I was just thinking like, wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not so borrowing I- someone's cell phone or anything. No, no. I would go to the nearest payphone and I would call anyone, literally anyone. Yeah. A cab from the phone book if you don't, or if you have money. And then, you know, speaking of that, yeah, when he goes back up, he's like, I think you owe me a cab. Yeah. And, and uh, Jeff's like, not coughing up a dime. I would have turned on my heels and called one myself if I had the money. If I didn't, if I didn't have the money, I mean, like, I would do everything in my power to not stick around there. Seriously. Wild, wild horses couldn't drag me back. <laughs> <laughs> like that Rolling Stone song. <laughs> yes, I love that song. It's such a great song. It's a beautiful song. Mm, I love it. Okay, but yeah. So, and then when he goes back in, it takes going back, kissing Dahmer, shaking Dahmer's emotions up a bit, and then nearly getting strangled again to realize to get the fuck out of there. Yeah, I would be just concerned he was holding a belt that whole time, and he was just like, let me get some smooches in. (laughs) Yeah, no, I, nope. You become immediately not sexy anymore once you've tried to strangle me. Yeah. In a non-consensual manner. Yeah. 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 It, <laughs> the first time it was like uncalled for. And then the second time, it he should have known it was coming. He had a fucking belt. Yeah. And then when he went to hug him, he put the belt around his neck. And he's like just smiling like, I love you, Jeff. And then. Even eh. though I. Even though I literally only met you tonight and you're a complete stranger. <laughs> and we're in love. <laughs> I want to I wanna make this work. Look, <laughs> look, 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 look. We are not victim blaming. This is a fictional character that was yeah. based off of an amalgamation of real people. Yeah, and, and most of what took place, like, happened over, like, it was multiple people. It wasn't just one guy. Yeah, on, and those like, people were... Heavily drugged. Yeah. Whereas this character was not really drugged. He was just, you know, he had agency. He had a lot of agency. Yeah, he even threw up the sleeping pills. Yeah. This man had all the agency. I mean, he did survive, but damn. 
Oh my god. <laughs> but yeah, so this is this is an indie art take. This is not Carla where they use the transcripts of actual snuff films. Oh god. Fucking Carla, why'd you have to bring it back? <laughs> no. Morgan, it's a part of our dark past. I know. I think about it. it. It's just like gets into my brain sometimes. I will never unsee sweet, sweet uh, Misha Collins being the liter- literal Satan. <laughs> uh, all right. So. The flashbacks with his father were good at showcasing um, some things that my friend Dahmer didn't really showcase, like his father's controlling behavior and anger. Like that scene in particular where Jeff struggles to get his father to leave him alone about a chemistry box that used to belong to him that Jeff has now that's locked in his closet where there's also a stolen mannequin because Jeff's a fucking weirdo. <laughs> And they lead you, because you well, you already know about Jeff, they lead you to believe that there's going to be, like, a body body in that closet. But no, it's legitimately just a fucking mannequin. A headless yeah, one man. That he, one that he fucked. Probably. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a headless mannequin. Um, but so then he lies to his dad and says that there's porn in the box and gets his dad to go out of the room so he can, like, hide his shame. And then it's actually the mannequin head uh, wrapped in, like, clean wrap. So oh, that's... So was that's, it? The yeah. Mannequin? Okay. Yeah. It wasn't a real head. But that in was... real life, it was a real head. Sure. Did you know that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. Yes. I thought it. I thought it was the uh, first guy's head in that it, box. I think it. I think it was, but I don't think it was in the movie. No, I. Uh, I thought it was a real head in the movie. I didn't think so. Like to me, it looked fake. Like the. Well, I mean, I guess it was fake. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> they, they use real, real body parts. You know what? <laughs> I need. Uh, I need a copy of the script. I want to know, <laughs> know how that prop is described. Yeah, because um, the movie's hella ambiguous. Yeah, I just know that. Wait a minute. From wait a minute. His wait interview. A minute. It okay. was a real head. I be- okay. Right. 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 Here's my thing, though. It would have had to have been like airtight in there to not stink. Yeah. Well, his dad was shaking the box and stuff in real life and had no idea. Ha- hmm. That's crazy. That's so it crazy. was wrapped. A lot. I, well, yeah, but you know what I mean? That's so fucking crazy. Yeah, yeah, dead, dead things stink. But Yeah, that's my thing. Like, I don't... Does everyone think Jeff just smells like death? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was a raging alcoholic and, like, was just really a dirty guy. So maybe, maybe his stink just carried him from his apartment and his just stink stink from being a drunk dick all the time uh you know what i just feel like a lot of people that were involved in his life have no excuse for not seeing him for what he was i know like wow 
Yeah, he's like, oh, no, it's just a dirty fish tank. And they're like, Jeff, we can see straight through the fish tank. It's perfectly clean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like, there's no algae, man. What are, you, yeah. what, are you, what are you talking about? I can see your tropical fish from here, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. So, yeah. I think, okay, the lesson here is, like, don't take drinks from strangers. Don't go back to strangers' place if they offer you $50 for nude pics. Absolutely. <laughs> and don't, um, like, if you don't. smell death, like, don't enter that place. Also, don't hitchhike. Yes, don't hitchhike. Never hitchhike. For, like, a lot of reasons. I did it once. I have ne- I have never done that because of uh, my father hitchhiked in the seventies and not a lot of good things happened when he did that. So I I've done it once and I've picked up like three drunk people that were going to get arrested and they probably don't even remember me dropping them off at their house. Oh, that's so nice and dangerous of you, Morgan. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I know. One girl threw up in my car. I'll never know her name. Look, I can't... Oh, God. That's too good. I know. She would have gotten, like, kidnapped, though. You know, I can't talk because there's a period of time when uh, my former car that was lovingly nicknamed Bitcho... (laughs) Bitcho. Have I told (laughs) that story on the pod before? Uh, I know that you said you had a car that was, like, really nasty, and I think I remember that car. Well, it wasn't super nasty so much as it was just falling apart. Yeah. Um, it was, like, so, anyway, when I first got it, my stepdad bought it without, like, even really seeing me consult it first, but that's another story. So, um, I mean, I know I'm a teenager, and I guess I didn't have a lot of agency in that matter, but, you know, you'd think I'd at least get to maybe, like... Look at it. Yeah. yeah, before you for sure bought it, but it's fine. Um, so carved in the back, like keyed into the back of the car, was bitch ho, and then ho spelled like the gardening tool. <laughs> yes. So, uh, and that was, you know, true to her uh, inscription, she was a bitch ho. Hold on. That- but isn't ho spelled like ho anyway? Or is it spelled different? It's just spelled like H-O. Oh, I thought it was H-O-E. I thought they were both hoes. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'm, pretty, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure it's just O. H-O. Oh, well, I've been calling my hoe a derogatory hoe. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, no hoe. No hoe. <laughs> so, bitch hoe. Sorry. Yeah, so bitch hoe. Um, this car... Did its gas gauge didn't um, register? Oh lord! <laughs> so I would I would run out of gas a lot. Oh no! And uh, this is when I was like doing like internet dates. Oh Anna! <laughs> <laughs> so like. I was on the way home from, like, a restaurant that was open really late, like, in one of those bars in Jackson, you know? I was on the way home from one of those at, like, 1 in the morning. And uh, it dropped it. So, 
it broke down on the on-ramp to Lakeland Drive. Oh, fuck, dude. And so I walked... Were you with your date, or it was I after? Was, I was by myself. I never let guys pick me up, really. Yeah, don't I do did, that. Well, I did that once, and uh, because I knew someone who knew him. So yeah, like the vetting process. So they, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, like, vouch. I mean, that... I did that for the most part, like... Because that seems safer, you know? But, yeah, so... I did that once. But anyway, for the most part, I always made sure to have my own car with me. Because, also, I like an escape strategy. Fuck yeah. Um, never mind if they're dangerous or not. I just don't want to spend one more second with you if I don't like you. <laughs> yeah, I like the um, thing, like, when you want someone to quit talking to you or leave you alone you you look at your phone and you set a timer but set it with like your ringtone so it's like five minutes someone's gonna call me but don't tell them that and then you put your phone down and then your timer goes off and you're you're like oh shit someone's calling me i have to go and then you pretend to answer and walk away fucking genius yeah it is (laughs) that's your escape route right there that's a good escape route for sure (laughs) I would have people, like, actually call me within, like, 30 minutes, whether it was good or bad. Fuck yeah. Or you yell at them and they're like, do you have the time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you blow it in some way so they get the fuck away from you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. I want to tell you about my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That always yeah. gets you. Well... <laughs> I don't know. Back home, that might attract other people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm celibate. <laughs> <laughs> that usually would work, I think. <laughs> Hi, so you didn't know you are, were on a date with an asexual? <laughs> I should have. I really should have disclosed that in my profile. <laughs> um. Yeah, yeah, so I walked up with a little gas can, because I did have enough forethought to always have a gas can in my car. Oh my of... god, Anna. Also, by the way, uh, I was completely broke. I didn't have any money to refill it. So I, like, walk up Lakeland Drive to St. Dominic's. And you're like, hey, I'll take $50 opposing your nude pics. <laughs> no, no, no. I literally uh had tears streaming down my face i'm like hyperventilating and i walk up to the security guard and was like i need gas <laughs> there you go and he gave me 20 dollars, and i he was like look i can't drive you though like i have to <clears throat> i have to i can't leave my post so you're gonna have to walk all the way down so i did walk to that gas station that's across from where rainbow co-op used to be Oh, yeah. So I had to walk all the way down there and then back to the on-ramp with the gas. Oh, God. And, that's a long way. And Yeah. And it's like one in the morning, and that's near a really sketchy part of town. Yeah, you don't want to be there by yourself one in the morning. And you little tiny thing. Yeah. Um, I Obviously, I survived, but that was a scary night. But not as scary as the time that I ran in a real, out of gas in a really inconvenient place that was like nowhere near walking distance. And uh, and and I got in the car with some dude doing his paper route. Yeah, his paper route. No, legitimately, he was he was a paper route guy. It was like five in the morning. 
Like he had a back seat full of a Clarion Ledger. It was. Was he like, hey, throw these out the window for me? (laughs) (laughs) No, he was like, you, he was like, I have a daughter. I don't want anything bad to happen to you. I'll take you to the gas station. Oh, yeah. I, I can't really call mine hitchhiking because I left a Floyd Fest, like a festival. Yeah. Um, and there were supposed to be like buses dropping you off at the parking lot that was like four miles away. And it's up a mountain and I didn't want to hike with all my stuff. Like, I mean, I was prepared for a, uh, it was the end of a festival. So I'm like, you know, broken and dirty and I have all this shit with me. And I was like, I don't want to walk this far. So this truck of full of people, I was like, hey, can I hitch a ride? And they're like, yeah. So people started jumping in. And then they let me in the back seat and everybody else jumped in like the the tail part, like the end of the truck. And I was like, shit, no, I'm inside the truck and I'm stuck between two people in the back seat. But then it was fine. They were like, yeah, man, far out. And like drop me off. But <laughs> it wasn't that scary, I guess. There was a lot of people around. Cool. But it could have ended way different. <laughs> I was it the last. One. I know I was the last one to get out too. I was just like, ah, I gotta get out. <laughs> I'm just thinking of how I could like elbow both the dudes in the face, like next to me, and, like jump out the the back window like a ninja or something. Yeah, but I didn't have to. Okay, that's good. That's good, Morgan. <laughs> yeah, but don't hitchhike. No. Don't don't go to people's house for fifty dollars for nude pics. Nope. Um. And if you smell death, don't don't go in there. It's probably smell, death. If you smell death, don't go in there and consider calling the cops. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about the performance of Jeremy Renner. Oh, my God. He did a really, really good job. He he did do a good job. He's really creepy in it. He does just as good of a job as playing creepy Dahmer as Ross Lynch did playing despondent young on the verge of killing Dahmer. Yeah, like the way he like parts his hair in the mirror. I think it's like around the beginning and he's like looking into the mirror and trying to it looks like he's trying to like fit into this, you know, thing of normalcy. Like, put on a mask or something. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, I, th- I think, here's a scene that I think, um, well, I think, you know, that he really displays the disconnect of Dumber really well, the sociopathy. Um, the way, you know, in scenes where he's talking about, like, um, borderline disturbing things, he does it so just nonchalantly he could be talking about some cutting someone up and eating parts of them like it was the weather uh just like actual Dahmer yeah uh uh, they don't include any cannibalism in the film it's worth noting um they really focus on the zombifying and raping and drugging more I think that scene where they show how he got kicked out and banned from the gay club was particularly well done you see you see a series of incidents where he slips drugs and drinks and gives them to strangers he sees and then takes them into the back 
uh, to rape them. And uh, it starts to blur and then boom, clarity. It's a visibly older Jeff during his mustache period. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and he's drunk as a skunk and he's being dragged out of the club. Banned. It's that escalation that makes him start taking them home and start killing them to keep them with him. Yeah, and it it's so fucked up, too, because he's in the middle of the club, and you can see he's, like, rocking back and forth, and he has that beer can. Yeah. And he's, like, trying so hard to put those sleeping pills in there. Because used to, he would, like, go to the bathroom with the drink and then crush them up there and then pour them into the drink. Then he started, like, getting the pill holder or whatever with the powder in it. And then he's, like, in the middle of the dance floor like drugging someone's can... drink. <laughs> yeah, like, everyone can fucking see him doing this. Yeah. And it, it's just so crazy because he fucking did it for so long and so many people reported him, but no one cared because it was coming from the mouths of gay men. And that's what it was. Terrible. Like, the police didn't give a fuck. They didn't. Um, Mark, Morgan, so are there some other scenes that you would like to talk about that struck you particularly? Uh, actually, I messaged you about it earlier. Um, oh, I missed the, that, Morgan. The commercial breaks were, like, so long watching this movie on Tubi. Um, but oh, right. in the scene with him killing Stephen Hicks, like, that escalation of, like... It was just normal talk. They're getting high and drinking and everything. And then it starts to get into weird conversations about him asking if he closed his eyes and had somebody go down on him. Could he, like, tell the difference between male or female? And it feels like he gets into, like, this... I don't know. He turns into a different person during this conversation with him. And then you could see... Hicks getting like visibly disturbed but still being like polite and then at the end of it he's like no I I need to get out of here I need to leave gotta keep on going and you can see this like rage take him over and I mean Dahmer even explained it that way he just didn't want him to leave and that's what he said you know in the trial or in the interviews with um, psychologists I think he even says it in the, the famous interview his last interview Right. But but he, like, didn't want him to leave. It wanted to keep him with him forever. So he, like, beats him over the head with the barbell. And then he realizes, like, shit, he's dead. And the way he backs away from the body, and it's, like, zooming out, and he's walking backwards, and it just... He's walking into a hallway, and it's still from the same point of view from Stephen Hicks's body, and he's just walking back and getting further and further away, and it's so surreal because he's, like, backing into this darkness that he's never going to come out from. Because this is his first kill. Yes. That he went fucking too far. And, like, just walks into this darkness and fades like to black yeah it's a creepy and chilling scene and then the scene right after that is great 
or I guess it's, it might, I can't remember if it's right after that, but it's pretty not, it's not far after that, where you find him at night with a mass of beers around him, crying his eyes out on the couch. Yeah. Yeah, that's like right after that. Yeah. And uh, then his father wakes him up and sees him just drunk with all these beer cans. Like, what the fuck, Jeff? Yeah, and what's fucked up is like, I don't think he was ever really crying over killing the people. He was crying because he was gay. Yeah. Because yeah. he like, he, he did, I don't know. I think he wanted to pray away the gay more than he wanted to pray away the fucking psychotic shitbag murderer he was. Sure, but I mean, when you are a sociopath, you, it's like you don't... I mean, sure, you know what you're doing is wrong, but it's almost like you don't think there's anything wrong with you. Yeah, it's just... Ugh. I hate him. Like, any, like watching all these interviews and stuff and the court cases and everything, like, he, he just makes you want to feel sorry for him, for him being just such a loser, but it's like you yeah like that that doesn't give you the right to murder people bro yeah like people had way worse lives than you yeah didn't... you didn't even have that fucked up of a childhood yeah not at all yeah you had a fairly normal one. Oh, your parents got divorced guess what that's like 75 percent of all marriages yeah, and it's like, oh, they didn't give you enough attention because your mom had mental illness? What do you fucking do? So do many kids in the entire world for yeah. centuries. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, he wasn't that, like, his childhood was really fucking normal, honestly. Yeah, that's where it's, like, this, the nature versus nurture. I don't want to get all philosophical, but, yeah, you know, like... This case is definitely, like, nature. Yeah. I, I've he gotten was... in an argument with friends about, are people born evil? And it's hard to say. We can never know. But you could be born with a severe screw loose. Yeah, I think he was born with a little more evilness than other, other <laughs> babies. So, like, <laughs> you're born with a severe screw loose, and then the right series of events occur... To push you to that point, I think it's a, I think it's a mix of both. I think it's both. Yeah, it's definitely both. But I think his more was nature. Nature, and then because of that nature, he just sunk deeper, deeper into his own self, and that only exasperated things. Yeah, because he like didn't share anything with anyone, and he even admits like. Him and his dad only talked about superficial things. They never had a heart-to-heart, -heart, and he was a completely private person, and so was his his dad. Like, in the um, interview, I think it's... Uh, what is it the Dateline interview? Yeah. Yeah. Is that Dateline interview, he, he's like, yeah, we never really had a heart-to-heart, -heart. and, like, I just kept everything private, and any thoughts I had... He said, they, he said uh, when he was like 15 and older, his thoughts were, quote, unshareable and, quote, put on a mask of normalcy. 
like even when his dad would like sit him down and be like, "Are you okay?" Which only happened like one time. Right. <laughs> like he would just, you know, talk about superficial shit that had nothing to do with the thoughts that were actually in his head. Yeah. And it's just so, I want to punch him in the face because he's like, yeah, I want people to study me because I don't want people to turn out like me. It's like, but admit to yourself that you're also loving the limelight that you're getting a little bit. Exactly. He definitely was. So, let's talk some fun facts about the film. Ooh. So, Jeremy Renner has said of his personal life in the wake of filming Dahmer. After I did that film, playing a guy who was basically a monster, things started getting creepy. My cat was stolen, then some girl bit me in a bar because I wasn't paying attention to her anymore. (laughs) And I had to go to the hospital. What? It kept me single for a while, that's for sure. A lot of people I wanted to date, but people I probably shouldn't date. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I really want him to elaborate and tell me more about that story. Yeah, me too. Like the, I wonder where she bit him. Yeah, I want to know that too. <laughs> <laughs> like, was um, it the shoulder, or like when he pointed at her, she bit off his finger, or like? Well, he has all ten of those, so I don't think it was that. <laughs> does he have both of his ears? Uh yes. She did not evan. Uh, she did not Mike Tyson him. <laughs> uh. All right, so in the 2003 movie Gacy, there's a scene where John Wayne Gacy's mother is asleep with the TV on in front of her. Uh, A scene from Dahmer can be heard playing on the TV in the background. Now, I know what you're thinking. Historically, that makes zero sense. And you're right. It doesn't historically make zero sense because Gacy was caught long before that movie came out. Um, However... It makes sense in the fact that David Burke, the writer I formerly mentioned that was uncredited, wrote three movies about serial killers, Dahmer, Gacy, and The Freeway Killer about William Bonin. So, this was an Easter egg. Ah, little um, free advertisement there. Yeah, a little nod to some of his earlier work, which was only like a year earlier, so. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Damn, he was on a roll. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, director Catherine Bigelow, uh, who she directed after Dark, Point Break, a lot of big films. Um, The movie that she won the Oscar for, The Hurt Locker, she saw this movie, and Jeremy Renner got the part of Sergeant William James for that movie solely on this performance, pretty much. Wow. Yeah. Which I think he was, like, Oscar-nominated for that or something. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. I mean, I know Catherine Bigelow, I think she did win the Oscar for The Hurt Locker that year. Yeah, she did. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, another scene that we didn't mention that's awful. Uh, Dahmer is walking through his grandmother's house, and he's trying to catch a crow that's in the house for her. Oh, no, it's a raven, but they used the wrong raven call. Ah. It really irks me. Sorry. Well, that's terrible. Yeah, I love Uh, ravens, and I'm like, that is not a raven call. It was credited as being a crow, so that's why I said that. Yeah, and it's a raven. God damn it. It's beak. (laughs) 
Um, however, it was uh, the uh, the that little <laughs> that bird's nickname or that bird's name is Edgar Allan Crow. Ha! I'm pretty and, sure it's a raven. I, I, I mean, I believe you, man. I'm just telling you how it's credited in the movie. <laughs> Sorry. Um, anyway, so that's a nice little nod to um, the horror author, Edgar Allan Poe, obviously. Who's and that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's all I got, man. That's, uh, that's Dahmer, 2002. So, you said earlier that out of both of these movies, which one did you like better? I liked my friend Dahmer better, but I did like this one too, and I honestly did not expect to like this one. Yeah, it it was good. It definitely was good. It just wasn't my friend Dahmer. I, I like that one better. My friend Dahmer has a bigger budget, I believe, and um, has the uh, advantages of being newer and uh, it just feels less grimy yeah like, and like, huh? I was just going to say Dahmer the film feels super dark and grimy and um, there's actually a lot more of, it's a lighter movie my friend Dahmer is yeah and Dahmer is like just dark even the scenes, like the coloring and everything, is so. Dark. That's what that's what I'm talking about. The coloring. Yeah, it's like this haze, I guess, to kind of symbolize the haze. If he was in a haze, the haze that he experienced too. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Like, and I want to warn anybody who wants to watch this that has like epilepsy or any like seizure disorders. There are a lot of blinking lights in this movie. That's true. Uh, I was I, I was kind of like, ugh, my head. I got a headache from the the scene where he goes and scopes out the room he was uh, he was using to rape the men in, and it's just when he's like looking at the empty bed and all those lights are flashing. Oh yeah. Yeah, that one. It's like a strobe light. So if anybody wants to watch this movie who has epilepsy, like. Be aware that there are blinking lights that yes. can probably cause a seizure. Yep. yep. Photosensitivity warning. Yeah, definitely. All right. So we're going to take a short break. And uh, then Morgan's going to tell us about Jeffrey's murders. <sighs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Everybody prepare themselves. I... I'm going to go through, like, the timeline and everything, but um, just prepare yourself because some things get a little gory in this one. Um, yes. Although, this is hardly our first cannibal, so we're ready, right, guys? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. We've we've had quite a few cannibals. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's, I guess that's our thing. Um, no. Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Only time will tell. All right, we'll be right back. Get a drink. And we're back. And now Morgan is going to tell us about how Jeffrey descended into hell and began murdering people. 
Yeah, descended further into hell. Sorry. He he went real fucking far. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Real fucking far. Real far. Yes. So, um, as you know, Dahmer had his first kill two weeks after he graduated from high school in the summer of 1978. So, his, his dad, um was still living at the uh, apartment because his parents had just gone through that divorce when he picked up a hitchhiker named Stephen Hicks. And in the movie, that's one of his flashbacks when he keeps coming back to that kind of brewery guy that was smoking a bong with him. I mean, a water pipe. Uh, And they decided to go back to his place, drink some beer... Um, and smoke some weed. And then whenever he wanted to leave, Dahmer didn't like it. So he hit him over the head with the dumbbell or the barbell and then beat him to death with the weights. Um, after that, Dahmer dismembered his corpse. Um, like in the movie, I don't know if it was that dramatic. He doesn't really talk about it that much. But in the movie, it's, like, really fucking dramatic. He, like, goes to cut into his arm and he starts vomiting and stuff. Which, at that point, like, Dahmer had taken apart so many animals and, like, killed so many animals that I don't know if he would have been that, like, uh, hypersensitive to it, I guess. Uh, yes, but, you know, as the kids say, it hit different when it was a person. <laughs> that shit hit different. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, yeah, he he doesn't say anything, like, out of the ordinary when he talks about it. He's so fucking matter-of-fact, it's so scary. It's terrifying. Yeah, and so he dismembered his body. He put it in a plastic bags, and... He actually would have fucking been caught that night Mm -hmm. if the police officer that pulled him over actually searched what was in those bags. Because he had, he was going to the dump to drop him off. He he was going to just drop him off at the local dump from down the road. And he, I think he had a tail light out or his uh, headlights are out. I don't remember. And he was drunk as shit. Mm-hmm. Um, the cop pulled him over. And like in, in the movie, he's like, hey, what are those plastic bags in your back seat? And he's like, oh, it's uh, trimmings from the lawn. I was going to throw them away. And he actually used that excuse um, to the police officer that pulled him over that, that night in 1978. And um, the guy didn't think anything of it. He's like, okay, he's going through a rough time. Like, just go home and go to sleep. It's like, none of this would have happened if he would have just been like, show me what's in those bags. I'm not not blaming the police officer at all. I'm just saying he was really fucking white and got away with it. Um, I'm blaming the cop and Jeffrey. Yeah. I'm blaming Jeffrey, definitely. I'm blaming the cop, too. I'm blaming the cop, too. Yeah. I mean, I got stopped for my headlight being out, and I was sober driver, 
and we're on the side of the road for three hours while I was so anxious. They were like, you failed the sobriety tests. And like, God. if they would have been that hard on him, like maybe none of this would have happened. You know, like yeah. they were, those cops, I'll say it in Blacksburg, Virginia, were so fucking hardcore. I was like, I'm just really scared. And they're all like, you failed all those sobriety tests. And I was like, fucking breathalyze me. And they're like, oh, you should have just said that in the beginning. And I was like, I didn't know that was an option. So they came and it took them an hour to get there with a breathalyzer. And I fucking passed. And I was like, yeah, now you go catch the real drunk people, you assholes. But, I mean, I can't blame them. The whole car was smelling of alcohol because there was a lot of drunk people in my car. But, like, at the same time, it's like if this police officer that pulled him over at 1 in the morning for driving drunk with garbage bags full of human body parts in his back seat, maybe none of this would happen. And also, maybe none of this would happen if Dahmer wasn't such a fucking lunatic. Yeah, and I'm sorry, if someone smells like booze, you shouldn't give them a slap on the wrist. Like, I'm sorry, like, if you're drinking, yeah. if you're he drinking, even, take them in. He even admitted to drinking, and they let him go. Yeah, like, if he admits to drinking, like, he should not be on the road. Someone could get killed. Yeah. And they already had. They were in the bags in the back of his car. <laughs> yeah. Fucking seriously. Uh. Um, fucking shit. There were so many times in Dahmer's life that he should have been caught. But absolutely. he was a smooth talker. Somehow, even though he couldn't carry on relationships with anybody, even his parents, somehow he was such a smooth fucking talker that he got away with a lot of it. And I'm going to say it. Back to he was white. He was... He was white and he was polite. Yeah, white and polite. It got he got away with murder for way too long. Um but anyway, so uh all the research I did, I mean, I watched hours and hours of court cases and interviews and testimonies and all this shit. And um like it's it's just crazy uh what he got away with and what he was able to do after he was charged with like indecent exposure, um, molesting a child and like drugging and raping men. Like, it's just so crazy. I don't think today he'd get away with it as he would have back then. Oh no, not at all. Not at all. Yeah. I mean, Dahmer has been talked about many times, so I know our listeners know, uh, a lot of the story, but like, so he, at this point, after Stephen Hicks, he went through, like, a cooling-off period. Or would you call it a cooling-off period? Because the first murder is usually, like, by happenstance. I would call it a dormant period because... Yeah, like he, a dormant, yeah. Because as he put it, there just simply wasn't time during that period. Yeah, like, that. that's a better way to put it, dormant. So he he was, like, a dormant... He went through a dormant period after he killed Stephen Hicks, which was the hitchhiker. Um, he started going to uh, gay bars, gay bathhouses, gay clubs, um, and he would start drugging the men's drink 
to put them in like a sleep light state because he he started having that kind of paraphilia or um, the sexual disorder like to, to stay with them and to be with them but sort of like keeping them with him yeah um so at this point he was drugging a lot of men raping them in the back room like the movie showed it was in a a gay bathhouse um but the men would actually report this or tell their friends like hey stay away from this guy um and whenever they'd go to the police the police would not investigate it as far as my knowledge Um, yeah Everything, basically, they just treated gay culture as foreign and something that they didn't really want to get involved in. Yeah. And so, at this point, he had raped several men, um, drugged several men, and then they started to kick him out of the clubs or, like, not letting him in. Um, People had warned him, like, hey, this guy's a fucking weirdo, like don't go have a relationship with him or don't talk to him. So at this point he started feeling guilty or whatever he wants to call it. And he had read about someone dying in the paper and it was a young man. I think he was like 18 or 19. So he went to the funeral to see the body, like for the wake. Didn't even know this guy just read it in the newspaper and he planned on digging up this body after he was buried. And he said he went to the graveyard and he was ready to dig him up. He brought a shovel, came to the graveyard and heard an owl <laughs> and like someone laughing or something. And it freaked him out. So he decided not to do it. Um, then after this, I was he, just going to say, if only that had turned into a delightful Harold and Maude situation <laughs> instead yes. of what actually happened. Yeah, right? Like, ooh, there's a hoot owl. I must go away now. Like, come on, dude. You fucking murdered people. Like, uh, I don't know. Um, yeah, you said it, it freaked him out, so he decided not to do it. Um then after this, he went to this department store that was closing, and he saw a very good-looking mannequin and some dad jeans, uh, and decided that he was going to steal it. So he went back after it was closed and stole the mannequin from the store, brought it back to his grandma's house, and actually began a sexual relationship with it. Um... And so around this time, he was having several sexual relationships with this this mannequin. He would masturbate with it. I guess maybe he dug a hole in its mouth and fucked its mouth. I don't know. Or dug a hole in its bum. Probably both. Yeah. Could have dug a hole in the front, too. Smooth up there. I mean, he was really into putting his dick into people's stomachs. So maybe he cut a hole in his stomach, too. That's true. He's such a fucking terrible person. Yeah. Monster. So, um, So around this time, 
his grandma, he was like living with his grandma because she was sick. Uh, and that's when she found it in the closet. And he decided, like, okay, I'm going to get rid of it because she's upset that I have this sex mannequin in there. So he gets rid of it. Um, and after this, uh, she said, he asked where he got it. And then he said he, he found it, I think, in a dumpster or something. So then he got rid of it because he was so embarrassed. And that's when he tried to uh, quit masturbating. And he says he got down to only one time a week. He was going to church. Um, and then he said he was... He was not thinking about killing anybody. He was not thinking about masturbation. But then he blamed this guy at the library because he dropped a note in his lap and said he wanted to have sex with him. And then he said he couldn't get over it. So um, that's when he decided to go to the graveyard. So then it started progressing. Like, it was Stephen Hicks, cold period, then he started drugging men, cold period. Then he got the mannequin, cold period. And then that's when the guy's like, hey, want to have sex? And then he, like, you know, went back into his old days, started drugging more men, raping more men. Um, and there's this one period where he was, like, a public pervert. Uh, let me see. It was 19, 1986. Uh, he had exposed himself in front of some kids and started masturbating in front of them. And it was two 12 year old boys. And they said like, they went to the police and said this guy masturbated in front of so he ended up getting arrested but he was only charged and um given a year probation and he had and a he was, counselor and he wasn't reg uh, placed as a registered sex offender yeah he got what? out of it what the fuck yeah like a lot of the stuff that he did I'm like how the fuck like it it terrifies me like, I that know. people can get, like, 20 years for selling marijuana, and then this motherfucker who openly masturbated in front of 12-year-old boys, and then he was uh, arrested for drugging, fondling, and photographing a 13-year-old boy, uh, he only got a year probation. After the, the fondling part, he was registered as a sex offender. But yeah. he fucking drugged a kid that he found on the street. Then he uh, did whatever to him and photographed it all. And he was only sentenced a year probation. He didn't go to jail. He only had a counselor. And one of the counselors was like, he's a stand-up citizen. And the other one said that he was going to progress and get worse and become a sadist. But no one listened to that counselor. Maybe because she was a female. 
sorry, I get sexist over here. I mean, it's, um, tr- it's probably true, though, honestly. Yeah, his female counselor was like, he is going to progress, and he's going to turn into a sadist, and it will progress and most likely progress to murder. And no one said anything. They let him off. He also didn't talk to one of his counselors. He, like, would not speak. And they still let him off after a year of doing these mandated counselor sessions. Um, so after this, um, he, let's see, there's so many sources I use, so I'm kind of all over the place. Um, but after, after the molestation of the 13 year old boy, um, or for yeah 13 year old boy it was like 24 hours after he moved in to one of his apartments um he's he like pleaded to them he said i'm an alcoholic and a gay man with sexual problems and they pretty much said yeah that's like definitely a good excuse so we'll let you go this time for for admitting to it um so then after this that's when he so that was I'm trying to get the dates right. So he molested that kid and then he got away with it pretty much and then went to um, a bar or a club 1987 with um, a man named Tuami. He says he doesn't remember it. They went to the Ambassador Hotel, and that's where he regularly raped men, was mm-hmm. the hotel and in the club. Um, he he went back to the club, or went back to the hotel with him, and then he said he woke up, and Tuami was hanging off the side of the bed, and his chest was beaten in, and there was blood coming out of his mouth. Um, and Dahmer went... And got a suitcase, and he came back. He put Tuami's body inside of it, and he actually paid a bellhop to put it in a cab he got. And the cab driver even commented, "Like, wow, this is a really heavy bag. It kind of smells weird." And he he was just like, "Ah, yeah, it'd be it's crazy." And he didn't say anything of it. Like everybody's like, "Hey, you smell like death," but did. Fucking nothing about it. Yeah, at every turn, people just ignored glaring red flags. Yeah, and and even at this point, like, this would be his first murder, or second murder, I guess. His second murder, but still didn't admit to it. Like, even in death, like, he, right before death, he didn't admit to killing him. He said, I probably did it. Mm-hmm. And, sorry, he said maybe he killed himself. It's like, dude, his chest was beaten in and you stuffed him in a suitcase. Like, you didn't call sure. the cops? Uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's not a suicide. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, after this, he went on to murder a 14-year-old. Um, 
he found him outside of a gay bar, uh, said he was going to pay him $50 to pay, take some pictures of him. He went back to his grandmother's house, and then he drugged him, strangled him, and then uh, kept his body in a wine cellar where he um, laid with it or laid with him and did weird stuff. And then his grandma started complaining about a smell in the basement. So that's when he got acid, uh, the hydrochloric acid dissolved and stripped the body. Um, and then he crushed his bones with a sledgehammer like he did with um, Stephen Hicks's body later. And then he threw out the bags with the garbage. Like, he, he didn't fucking care. Like, all of these murders, he didn't fucking care. Um, and then after this, he murdered Richard Guerrero, who was 23. And this was on March 24th, 1988, which was a few months after um, the death of Jamie Doxator, the uh, 14-year-old. He offered him $50 to take some pictures um, Guerrero was actually, I think, homeless at this point. He was gay. He was frequenting gay clubs. So Dahmer um, befriended him and offered him the money. Then he drugged, strangled, and then raped Guerrero. Um, then dissolved his body using acid as well. Um, and... It's really fucking sad, but in some of the court testimonies, um, Janie Hagen, his his sister, was saying, I want to know what he did with my brother. I heard it on the news that maybe my brother had been flushed down the toilet. And Jeffrey never said, like, yes or no. And most of his body was never found. But there were some details that he shared that most of his victims' organs were flushed down the toilet. Besides the ones he ate. So, ugh. It's just so fucked. There's no regard for human life. And then there's no regard for human life. Yeah. None. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.
Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And it's, if the, if you want to just be depressed inside of the deep hole, uh, then I suggest reading all the victim impact statements, all the family statements. It's so fucked up. He ruined, he not only took the lives of people, he ruined the lives of many, like families, so many families. It's a real downer. Yeah, it is. Um, it really is. It's so fucked up. Tiebreaking. Like, he he killed 17 people. So imagine those 17 people, how many family members each one of them had, and how many fucking lives he ruined. Like, 17 is 7, I mean, is 17 too many, but, like, they had families. They weren't, like, they were people, and that's what really gets me in this. Like, in you know, in some cases, this, like, the the unknowns or whatever, but, like, the unknowns still have family, and they still have people that love them, even if it's not their blood family. So it, yeah. it ruined the lives of, like, the, the gay community, like, the families... Um, friends, everything, like, and he just didn't care. So he kept on murdering. Um, after this, Guero was killed March 24th. His next victim was September 25th of the same year, 1988. Uh, so he killed uh, three people in the same year. He offered $50 to a 13-year-old, um... And then that's when he drugged him. Actually, sorry. This one he didn't kill. He drugged the 13-year-old, molested him, and then uh, Dahmer was arrested. And that's when he was um, a child molester. And but then in 1989, like right after one of his court-mandated probation, um, that's when he was convicted. But then March 25th that year, he met Anthony Sears at a club. He took him back to his grandma's house. Uh, he he had sex with him, then murdered him. And then that, that skull for Anthony Sears was found in his apartment in 1991. Um, and then 1990, he really like amped up the murdering. He killed a total of one, two, three, four people for May 29th, June 1990, September 2nd, 1990, September 24th, 1990. He pretty much did the same thing. He would offer them money or offer them money for pictures or offer money for sex. He would um, 
lure them back to his apartment and then kill them. Um, and then 1991, he killed one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. He killed eight people between March 7th, 1991, and July 16th. So, or, yeah. Uh, So, uh, it just makes me so mad. Because there were so many times that he should have been caught. Yeah. And he wasn't. Like... What was it? Uh, did a lot of fucked up stuff with the bodies. This is when he started to eat them at this point. He started cutting them up. He would make an incision first in their abdomen. And he even said on record that he would place his penis inside of their abdomen and then ejaculate immediately. And he also only liked to be top. He did not like to be penetrated. So it was about the ultimate control for him. Like, ultimate fucking control. Um, So, I mean, the ages and the, the races, like, drastically differed. So it was from, like, 13-year-olds to, I think the oldest one was 30 um and he killed uh white men latino men asian men black men uh he killed a majority of black men um but he said it had nothing to do with race it was all about physique because he wanted the perfect body yeah jeffrey didn't discriminate he just wanted a hot piece of ass yeah (laughs) <laughs> seriously thank you for comic relief there you're this getting really dark <laughs> you know i'm always here for it <laughs> thank you you're welcome like it's it's just so fucking crazy because oh, i'm trying to find a, a quote from him oh it's so disgusting like everything about him is so disgusting i know um yeah he said This is what he says about what was wrong with him. He said, that's why the killing wasn't the objective. I just wanted to have the person under my complete control, not having to consider their wishes and being able to keep them there for as long as I wanted. Maybe I felt I had no control as a child and as an adult. Doing what I did was feeling in complete control and creating my own little world where I had the final say. Finding the best looking guy that I could and having total mastery for him as long as I wanted. Disgusting. That's fucking disgusting. Um, and, I mean, many people say he's crazy, but... I think 
during the trial, there were five different psychologists during this trial. Um, let me see. One of them said he was schizotypal, borderline personality, psychotic disorder, uh, with grandi grandiose delusions without hallucinations. Um, one, being creating zombie partners that will never leave. Two, being cannibalism. And three, the creation of a temple to generate powers from. So, talking about the temple, he actually bought this black table and kept a skull on it that he had painted. And he even, like, drew out plans to make this ornate black and white temple thing to to draw powers from and I don't know if this was just like him trying to prove that he was crazy to the court but this drawing was found during his arrest for his, his last victim that got away but like he did choose not he, he pled not guilty by reason of insanity which he lost um but they did bring up this shrine thing that he had drawn. But I think he was just so fucking nuts that he was like, yeah, I'm a badass. Like, I'm going to make this giant shrine. But he tried to make it out to be like, yeah, I'll generate powers and I'll live forever and stuff. But I don't think he ever believed in that shit. I think no, it was I don't just... think so either. Yeah. And a lot of the... I mean, there was only like one out of five, four or five psychologist that said he only one said he was actually crazy the other four that were even on the defense team were like no he's fine he just has personality disorders um yeah. some of them were obsessive disorder maladjustment borderline sadistic personality um borderline personality i mean but none of those are like you know they're mental illnesses, but they're poor personality disorders. Not, yeah. not like they're psychotic. Only right. one thought he was psychotic. Yeah. Um, saying that, yeah, he, he was just obsessive compulsive, but not to the extent of it being uncontrollable. And he said it was behavioral and not organic. Um, so... So his, I won't go into more details about the people he killed. You can look those up on your own. I think everybody knows how many and what he did. Um, he did a lot of fucked up stuff. He kept acid on hand. He liked to drill holes in people's heads and tried to make a zombie lover. Um, and I think that was, you know, drawn on from his his love and desire to keep someone forever, but like wanted to keep them in his own little world. Um, yeah. Cause he said he wanted to keep them like, you know, in this zombie state, which is sort of like right between life and death. Yeah. So, and, and that's what some psychologists said that his sexual relationships like advanced and then it's a progressed to killing after uh, his drugging and raping wasn't working anymore. He wanted them to, 
you know, uh, his disorder went from a, a paraphilia of wanting someone to be in that sleep state to necrophilia. Um, Come and stay with us. I mean me forever <laughs> and ever and ever. <laughs> yeah, and I was looking up like paraphilias. I don't. I don't. I think I marked out. Uh, I think I exit out of it. Um, but I never knew there was a paraphilia of like w- wanting to have sex with someone when they're asleep. It's like a. A sexual disorder, I guess. Yeah. Or a sexual deviancy. It's a sexual deviancy, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a whole Wikipedia page on all of them. But Dahmer fits like three or four of them. Oh, and yeah. in the case they only recommend they only said two. But he fits in like four. I believe that. Um but yeah, the after this get to the point where he was caught let me see if I can find the notes like okay okay so May 17th of 1991 is when he drugged raped and drilled a hole into Conorac synthesimenophil synth that's my phone. Um, he was actually the brother of the m- molestation victim. Oh. And Dahmer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Dahmer didn't know that. Um, so he had drugged Conorak, uh, took pictures of him, and then he drilled a hole in his head. And took warm pictures. And then he went out for beer. He left. This kid in his apartment. With another dead body. Of Errol Lindsay. um, Who was murdered. Over a month before. This boy was drugged and raped. So he went out to get a beer. This is seen in the movie. You can see this scene. Where there's the. A dead man in his bed. And the. Um young boys like half awake half asleep um he ended up going to get beer and when he came back there were two um women that were helping this boy they called the police they were trying to keep this boy away from Dahmer and Dahmer said no this is my boyfriend we got in a little fight and he's just really drunk I'll take him back so the police were like, what's his name? And he gave them a fake name and said he was uh, his boyfriend and he was like 18 or 19. And so the police like were like, okay. And the two women were like, no, he's injured. He's bleeding from his head. He needs to go to the hospital. They were trying to keep him. And in that part of the movie, that's very accurate. He Absolutely. came out of. He came out, but he was solid naked. In the movie, he was wearing the underwear. In real life, he was naked. He was, like, bloody. He couldn't stand up straight because he had a fucking hole drilled in his head. Oh, and- no, well, uh, 
the MPAA would probably have made them have an X rating if they had full frontal and all yes. that gore. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Sorry. Yeah. So underwear. <laughs> yeah. So, but these these women were just you know put aside, and I, I really think it was a racial thing because they were black and they were like, no, we're yeah. concerned about this Asian man, and this white man comes up and is like, no, this is my boyfriend. We had a fight. He's okay. And the um, the police officers were actually joking, like, yeah, but but they got into it and joked about how they were gay. Um, he ended up taking the boy back to his apartment, and then um, the police actually followed him. They even mentioned the smell in the apartment, and he blamed it on the dirty fish tank. And apparently that's a... That's an excuse. Is it dirty fish tank? Oh, great. Even no questions. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're fine. You're fine. Um, I mean, they had a, he had a guy in his room who had been there for over a month. So anyway, they. I, said, I've got to think about something. So Jeff at this point had to have just been nose blind to it, right? I'm. Uh, maybe he smelled like maybe he smelled of it there, so they didn't think anything of it. I don't know, but I mean, like I mean, Jeff himself had to have been nose blind to yeah. have lived with that shit. Yeah, no, it was multiple heads, multiple torsos. He had acid in every part of his house, like hydrochloric acid. Even people would make comments like, "Why do you have hydrochloric acid and some formaldehyde right here?" Ha <laughs> ha. And he's like, oh, it's just a science project. Or, oh, I just really need to deep clean my house. And it's like, wait, you have, um, oh, what is that fucking thing where you put your hand over your mouth? And You put your hand over your mouth? I mean, you have a handful of rags soaked in. Chloroform. Chloroform, that's it. He had chloroform in there, too. And people would be like, why do you have chloroform? He's like, oh, science project. Like, what the fuck? This guy's not murdering people at all. Nope. Yeah, no. And, uh, yeah, so he got away with that one. After after the police left, he, like, immediately killed them, killed him, and raped him. And So then, after this, he goes on to murder more people. Like, it's so bad. And then we get to our final victim, who actually escaped. I don't want to go into all of them. It's really sad. If you want to read any more, you can look it up yourself. But uh, our last victim who per- is portrayed by, uh, what's his name in the movie? His friend. Rodney. Yeah. So Tracy Edwards was a mix of many. But Rodney was also Tracy Edwards, which is the final victim that got away. Uh, so You said Tracy Edwards was a mix of many? Did you mean Rodney sorry, was a mix of many? I meant Rodney was a mix of any. And Tracy Edwards was the final victim uh, that got away. Sorry. Right. I missed that. Um, so he has described Dahmer from being like super cool guy, really nice, um, to like extremely erratic and evil. And 
threatened him with a knife. Um, so Dahmer had lured him to his apartment, the f- famous 213 apartment. Um, that it it's not there anymore, by the way. They knocked it down. Thank God. Yeah, they they knocked it down like a year or two after he yeah, was arrested. Yeah, it was really quick. Really. Yeah. Quick. Yeah. Um. So he lured him to his apartment under the guise of, I believe, $50 and pictures. I'm pretty sure. Um, he also has said to watch The Exorcist 3. Um, Mark and I have a joke, or we had a joke amongst the two of us. Where um, we had seen parts of the Exorcist Three, like it was streaming on, I want to say Shutter, and we like watched, I, I guess, more than half of it, and it was just so bad. And then uh, we joked that that was the worst thing about Jeffrey Dahmer was that the Exorcist Three was his favorite movie. <laughs> <laughs> that was his favorite movie. Yeah, I. I particularly like the fact that he rested his head on Tracy's chest, put a knife to him, and chanted the word for word, like the movie, word for word, saying that he was going to kill him. Like, what the fuck? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And he also said he was going to eat his heart because he listened to his heartbeat and liked it. Which is equally terrifying. So yeah, it's not unsettling at all. He knew the words to The Exorcist 3. Chanted them and then threatened to kill him and eat his heart. Um, so when Edwards was, I think, grabbing a beer or something, um, he put handcuffs on um, Tracy Edwards. He only was able to get one hand... Just like the movie, uh, he was only able to get one hand handcuffed. He was trying to get the other one, but Tracy talked him down. Uh, He said he just played into his emotions, um, saying that he was trying to get him to calm down because he went from like zero to 100 really fast, so he tried to talk him down. And Dahmer kept the handcuffed on one of the wrists, and then Edwards talked him down and was talking to him and then uh, he said he was going to use the bathroom and as Dahmer was standing up he punched him right in the face. Dahmer lost his footing and he ran towards the front door and that's when he ran down the street with one wrist still handcuffed screaming and the police pulled over and he said hey there was this weird guy or crazy freak as you put him And said that he tried to kill him and put handcuffs on him. So he said, please come back to me. And, like, come back with me and we can go into this apartment. So he leads the policeman into Jeffrey's apartment. And said that the knife would be there and that the the keys would be there. So the police came in saying they wanted the keys from Dahmer. So they entered his apartment. And one of the police officers was looking around and saw um, dozens and dozens of Polaroid 
pictures of different men in various stages of dismemberment. Um, and that's when Dahmer tried to push uh, one of the police officers. And he actually tried to run away. I never knew that. I always thought he was just like, well, this is it. But apparently he tried to fight and they had to take him down and tackle him. Um, and that's when they they took him down, had him handcuffed, and they held him down. And one of them went to search the apartment. And that's when they found um, some of the bodies. And that's when they found the head in the refrigerator. So they immediately called for backup, took Dahmer down. Dahmer said, for what I did, I should be dead. And that's when they ripped off the area and everybody, I don't know if anybody remembers this. I kind of remember it. I was three or four when this happened. Um, And there's all those videos of the police officers in hazmat suits and they took yeah. out the refrigerator and everything. Like, I don't know if I remember that from the trial, which was later, because I was, like, five when that happened. Um, I remember or, bits of the trial, but I don't remember before that. It may have been from the trial that they were just showing older footage. I just remember the hazmat suits and the refrigerators and stuff. Yeah. Taken out. Um, and, like, for the... For the record, the the apartment in the movie is so disturbingly accurate to how his house was set up. Yeah. It's really creepy how they got that. But Well, no more creepy than the fact that they filmed my friend Dahmer in his childhood home. <laughs> yeah, no, it was very accurate because it was. Was, it. yes. <laughs> yeah, but I will say, so Tracy Edwards got away, uh, was on trial. He was like a star witness. Um, He later was arrested for murdering someone. Did you know that? I did, and that's why in the movie they have that whole weird conversation where Jeffrey looks at him and goes, I know that you're a killer inside too. Yeah. No. I was like, holy shit. was that was real deep mm-hmm. yeah he um i mean everybody was fucking you know traumatized by this and so was you know the the man who said he was placed there by god mm-hmm. tracy edwards said he was he was god sent me there to take care of the situation but uh-huh well you didn't succeed no, he was also arrested right after that for sexual assault of a 14-year-old girl. Yeah, um, so in the situation... Yeah, I don't... I don't... I don't know how to feel about it. Look, there's a lot of things that we're not proud of about our home state, and then there's some good things, you know? It's like anywhere. <laughs> We've all got our dark stains and our highlights. It's fine. Yeah. So that's Dahmer. That was incredibly depressing. Yay! <laughs> Sorry, I ended it on a really dark, dark note. Oh, it's all good. I mean, again, I hate to bring Carla back into this, 
But that is still the darkest episode. Yeah, no, Carla definitely. Like, because the movie wasn't even fun. Yeah, and Carla got off with it eventually. Well, yeah, she's just, like, living her life. She has her own kids now. Yeah, Dahmer got his head beat in by a fellow prisoner. He did, and something that one of the news anchors uh, cited as poetic justice. (laughs) Yeah. I think a lot of people said that. Yeah. So, Morgan, other than this movie, have you watched anything fun this week? (sighs) Yes, I have. I watched, which I liked it, but at the same time it felt like an 80s movie because they were like, the bad guys who wanted to ruin people, but uh, the professor and the madman. Uh, it's based on the Oxford Dictionary, like the making oh. of the Oxford Dictionary. So it has Sean Penn and, uh, oh my God, why am I forgetting people's names? I don't know. Was that you? Yeah, it was. That was loud, Morgan. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's okay. Um, Sean Penn and Mel Gibson. Ah. And, and Natalie Dormer and Steve Coogan is in it. Steve Coogan. I do too. He's Alan Partridge. <laughs> Alan Partridge. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, it was a good movie, but at the same time, it really felt like an 80s movie because there's like the, the sad girl who just wants love, and then there's the crazy guy who's just misunderstood, and then there's the two bad guys who are plotting to ruin the good guy and take him down. And there's a montage of, like, getting books together by children. Like, it's got an 80s vibe to it. Did it's, it need to have, like, heart in the background singing What About Love? Yeah, exactly. Because, <laughs> I mean, it's set in the 1980s, I mean, the 1880s, but it really feels like the 1980s. That's an interesting choice. Yeah, no. I I mean, maybe I'm just crazy, and that's that's just the way I saw it. I mean, it's a good movie. It's based on a book, but sure. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. Watch that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. What What have you been watching? Okay. Well, I I've been watching lots of things. <laughs> I um because of my arthritis in my hands. No. Well, well, work and game um, for only so many hours in the day before I just turn the TV to either the shuttered streaming channels or the streaming channels on, um, like, Pluto TV. Oh, yeah. So I'll just watch random shit that comes on. <laughs> and then... I'll also seek other things out, but... <coughs> Sorry. I watched Neil Marshall's new movie. Who's that? Just... that? Neil Marshall. Um, <laughs> Neil I like has... how you, you just say it again, like, oh, yeah. that guy. <laughs> um, he directed and wrote The Descent. Oh my god, your favorite movie of all time. It's not my favorite movie of all time, but it is one of my favorite movies. You've said it before. Favorite I know it's... horror movie of all time. Horror movie. Uh... Horror movie. And by the way, horror. And... yeah, and Durfan is a close second. So 
Who? Your fan. What? Morgan, Morgan, find yourself a copy of Der Fan, D-E-R-F-A-N. It's German. Oh, we've watched this. You've what? We've not watched this. Just kidding. No. No. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> I've told you about it, probably. Um, maybe I, own- I just feel like I watched it with you. I Maybe. I own it. Um, I watched it for the first time with the Reddit Horror Club back in the day. Um, in like 2016, I want to say that sounds right. Um, it's an 80s movie from Germany. Um, it's like, I, if I tell you anything about it, it's really gonna give too much. Of oh, it. that's the girl you want the tattoo of. Yes, now yeah, you're. Okay. That's why yeah. I remember it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So it's not the the German version of Swim Fan. No. <laughs> no. Fun fact, I saw that in movie theaters. <laughs> yep, with Katie Johnson, who <sighs> has a different last name now. You just so, outed her. Not really. I mean, that's just all all I outed was that she went to a lame movie with me in the mid 2000s. Yeah, and that's a pretty basic name, too. It's true. Like, also, I really don't think she'd care that I mentioned that we saw Swim Fan. (gasps) I'm pretty sure she'll be fine with it. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, um, yeah, so Drift Fan's pretty close. But okay, so Neil Marshall's new movie is called The Reckoning. And I got a lot of feelings about it. Um, I reckon you do. <laughs> Knee slapper Morgan. <laughs> so it's a shutter exclusive. It just dropped on the platform like I don't know a few days ago. Like maybe Monday or Tuesday. I think that's when I watched it, is whenever it dropped. Um So it's about this widow who her husband kills himself. But she li- but because this is a really pious like area, because this is like the 1700s, I think. So it's like super pious and superstitious and shit like that. This is during like the witch hunting era. Oh yeah. So and it's also like plague. It's during the plague. What's it called? Uh, the reckoning. So. Her husband dies of suicide, but she blames it on the plague because uh, she doesn't want to feel the, um, I guess, shame of him killing himself. Mm. She doesn't want that on herself. And she's also just, like, given birth to her child from him. Um, yeah, so basically her landlord comes up to her and is like, there's no way you can afford the rent. You're not going to work the land. So, like, how are you going to live in this house, essentially? Um, and he's basically... He doesn't outright come out and say it, but he's basically like, if you fuck me, you can stay in the house. And, oh. yeah, so, of course, she's like, um, no. Um, here, you can have my husband's wedding ring and my wedding ring, and that'll buy me, like, six months. 
And he's like, yeah, but what are you going to do after that? And then he basically tries to rape her, and she rebukes his advances, gets her gun, and, like, forces him out the door. And then he gets mad and goes back to the tavern and is basically like, she's a witch, call the, call the, um, the witch finder general. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, they bring Did you imagine that you were the witch finder's general? Yeah. That's such a that's such a title, right? <laughs> so what do you do? I'm a witchfinder's general. Uh, yeah, I'm the witchfinder general. Um, I'm and head of all the other witchfinders. I'm the best. <laughs> I'm the best boy at murdering innocent women. <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, am I wrong? Uh, but yeah. So basically, she gets tortured for like three or four days. And she starts hallucinating the devil in her cell. And it's just really depressing and grim, but it's, like, not even done that well. Like, the direct, I guess the direction's not terrible, but the acting's just meh. Everything about it is just very meh. It's a slog to get through. Um, you start to wonder if the torture's ever going to end. Um, and it's just... It just makes it just leaves you angry. Oh. I was I was just real disappointed. And so another thing that I found disappointing, look, I'm not gonna shame the woman. I'm just gonna state some facts. Um, Neil Marshall wrote this movie with his fiance, who is younger than him, and has a history of getting involved and getting into scandals with men who are older and in a position of power. Oh, like Megan Fox? Um, maybe, but has way more of a history than that, than Megan Fox does. Mm. Like, it's, like, it's littered with, like, lawsuits, and I don't know, I don't want to be sued for libel, but Google her. Her name's Charlotte Kirk. Um, anyway, like I said... No shame, um, I guess, in sleeping your way to the top, but it kind of seems like that's what she does. Mm. Um, but anyway, so, um, yeah, I don't think she was a talented influence on his writing and direction of this movie. Because, like, I really liked his other work, and I just felt like this was really beneath him. But, so what you're saying is he only liked her for her personality. I mean, he might really, really love this woman, but she's not very talented is what I'm saying. No, he just liked her for her personality. Yeah. 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 Big, big personality. Um, Sorry, I'm being I, rude. No, and also she's like, she's autistic, I think. She's on the spectrum. Like in real life or in the movie? Yeah, in, re- in reality, not in the movie. Oh, okay. But in the 1700s, um, if you had that, they didn't um, call it that. And they probably didn't put you in a very nice place. Yeah, they like burned you alive. Or just, you know, um, yeah, hid you away in a cellar depending on, I don't know. You know what I mean? Uh. Shit like that. It's unfortunate that shit like that did happen to people with, like, um, learning disorders and stuff back then. Shit, I mean, it happens still. I mean, yeah, it's true. Some South American countries 
just got protections for people with mental illness. Yeah. Like, what, ADA was formed in 1978? Yeah. American with Disability Act. So, I mean, that's pretty late. It really is. But, Um, yeah, some countries just got it. Yeah, uh, so I was really just majorly disappointed with that. And Mark and I also watched this movie this morning that was, like, really just the worst... The worst combination of lazy writing and cop-outedness I've maybe ever seen. Oh, damn. That's, like, real, real intense. Yeah, so it's called Devil's Ground. The only recognizable face in the film is Daryl Hannah. Devil's Ground. It's got, like, 15% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh. It's pretty bad. So, basically, it's, like, these, these, um... This group is on a journey or whatever, some trip, and then they stop at a gas station, and surprise, the gas station attendant's kind of weird, and everybody's nice to the gas, everybody's mean to the gas station attendant, except for this, like, one girl, and then they go off into the woods, and then they get picked off by (coughs) the gas station attendant's, like, psychotic brother. Oh my god, that reminds me of Girl. Girl? Yeah, the 2020 film with Bella Thorne. It's the worst fucking movie I've ever seen in my life. Oh, I've um not watched that. It's <laughs> fucking terrible. Mickey Rourke's in it. Oh, alright. I was like, okay, Mickey Rourke, it may be kind of lame, but I mean, he's got... You know, he's got some good ones under his belt. He was in fucking Angel Heart. Yeah, I mean, he's got some good ones under his belt. No, I'm not but, disagreeing. I just love that movie. So. Yeah, like, <laughs> later, like, now, it's like, oh, like, he, he just gets in anything. Well, Which, I don't blame him. Yeah, you know, he's a little more desperate now that he's not as pretty. Yeah, no. But do not watch Girl. I never planned on it didn't know it existed until you told me andrew and i were laughing like half the time she's like trying to be this hard girl she's like yeah i'm just hard and i come in with guns and i come in like with with my, with my big backpack and i'm so and they're like you better not ask questions girl and she goes and asks questions and almost gets killed like immediately and she gets the shit kicked out it's just so stupid she's like i'm going Avenge the death of my daddy, or whatever. Uh, and it's just such bullshit. Well, get ready, because this movie. I feel like they could be the sequel to each other, because like, I'm reading the plot, and it's pretty. Just just wait, though. Just wait, though. So, what, her, like, boyfriend, I think, falls into this, like, crevice, and she runs off and makes it back to the garage. And tells the brother that she doesn't, I guess she doesn't know that he knows that the guy, eh, that his brother is killing people. So she tells him and everything, and they've got a map that they've, like, marked where they found other bodies in the woods on. And she hides it 
because apparently she's now in the know that they both know that these murders have been happening and that the one brother was the one doing the killing. And yeah, so basically, while all this is happening, every now and then it goes back to her, the girl in a car with Daryl Hannah telling Daryl Hannah this story of what she just just went through. <laughs> so you're like, well, obviously she lives. But then it gets even better. At the after she tells the whole story to Daryl Hannah, they stop at a gas station, right? To get gas. And it starts over. No. Oh. Um, she goes <laughs> she goes in the gas station and she like borrows the phone and she's like calling trying to, you know, like she calls the cops. And the cops tell her that that chick's already dead and that she's been dead for years. And then she looks in the car and that girl's not there. She was dead the whole time. Yeah, and then Daryl Hannah gets murdered <laughs> by a gas station attendant. <laughs> oh, God. That's how fucking stupid. How bad is that, right? What a cop so, out. So dumb. So dumb. Mark and I were like, this movie is so bad and like predictable and, and poorly acted and written, but we're already this far in it. Fuck it. I guess we're going to finish it. <laughs> oh, um, my God. I also watched American Mary. Um, it just got put on Shutter not too long ago. I had seen, I was supposed to have watched it for Horror Club, but I don't think I ever finished it all the way through. So this is my first time watching it all the way through. And so it's like a a kid who's going to sc- a woman that's going to school to be a surgeon, and uh, she's really hard up on cash, so she ends up like doing stuff for the mob through a strip club, like doing like under the like underground surgeries and shit. And then she starts getting into the like body modification. Mm. Uh, um, I don't want to ruin it, because it's worth a watch. I thought it was going to be more gory, but it ends up being more of a character study, really. Um, but it's good. It's got Catherine Isabel, um, who's a bit of a scream queen. She was in Ginger Snaps. She's a famous, like, Canadian actress. Um, I recommend... I recommend um, only American Mary out of the three movies I just talked about. <laughs> oh. Yeah. American Mary. Yeah, it's I recommend it. The other two were not worth your time, in my opinion. But yeah, that's all I've been up to. Nothing crazy. Yeah, the the well, you don't have Netflix anymore. Yeah, I do. I have Netflix. Oh, I thought you were saying you don't want to watch it. Oh, I have Netflix, but I don't watch it. Oh. I don't. It's not my account, but I have access to Netflix. Well. I started. Well, I don't know if I said this on the last one, but I started watching The Serpent. Yeah, we talked about it a little bit, I think. Yeah, it's really fucking good. That's what I've heard. I want to watch it, but it's gonna have to be one of those things that I probably watch alone. I don't think I could get Mark to watch it with me. Yeah, Andrew keeps falling asleep, so I'll watch way past he like that what he watches, and then I'll rewind it when I go to sleep. Like, right before I go to sleep, I rewind it to where he passed out so we can start it back up. Yeah. Because he watches shows without me, and then I'll be like, oh, yeah, it was really good, and this happened. And I'm like, 
don't tell me the ending. So I'm nice and rewind it to the part where he falls asleep because I'm the best Beyonce in the entire world. Yeah, you are. <laughs> I'm, <just laughs> uh, I'm just kidding. Yeah, but you should. It's it's based on a uh, French serial killer of Indian and Vietnamese descent. I mean, oh, that's yeah. the, the oh, description yeah. on Wikipedia. I, no, yeah, no, no. I know about that case. That's why I was interested to watch it. Yeah, I know. It's, re- it's really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm into it. And also, it's got Jenna um, Coleman from Doctor Who. Oh, yeah. Who? Uh, although... She's a hottie. She is a hottie, but she was my least favorite companion. Sorry, not sorry. That's okay. Like, and I blame the writers. They had a better idea at first for what her character was supposed to go to, and then they just kind of threw away that storyline and started doing something else. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's how I feel about that. <laughs> but yeah, so. I really liked Polly Wright. Who? Polly Wright. Right. Oh, from like classic Doctor Who. Yeah, I started rewatching like all the classic stuff because Andrew's really into it. Um. Yeah, that's. I think that's my favorite thing that I know about him is because he's also a Who fan. He's a big Who fan, so I'm trying to like, you know, catch up. I guess. But I've watched all the Rose Tyler ones too. I really like. I like Rose, but sh- but Donna Noble is my favorite. It's Donna Noble. Oh, okay. Catherine, Catherine Tate. Yeah, Catherine Tate. I, She's my favorite. I think I really like Rose Tyler because it's played by Billy Piper, and I've, I've got a girl crush. On Billy Piper? Oh, I fuck yeah. Her mouth is so big. Yeah. I'm not into her mouth. She's beautiful. It, it, she's not. I'm not saying she's not. She's just not for me. <laughs> yeah. um, if I was, she's if on I was, Penny Dreadful. It was so good. Oh, she's also on um, the show called Confessions, or yeah, Confessions of a Call Girl, or uh, Secret, Secret Diary of a Call Secret Girl. Diary of a Call Girl. That's it. And I hate Susie. Ugh. I've not watched I Hate Susie, but I've seen the other one. Um. Basically, I love, you know what? Uh, yeah, I, I love Catherine Tate because I think she was so funny and sassy to David Tennant. Uh, they just worked really well together. And David Tennant's my favorite doctor. Yeah. 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 He's more I like her, too. Yeah, she's great. She's a good comedian. And she also um, was one of the managers that filled in uh, on The Office after... Steve Carell left. Oh. Yeah. I knew that. Yeah, her and James Spader. Girl. Girl. That's your, your favorite name. Well, it's like... He's up there, but I mean, it's like him and like Elijah Wood. Oh. Elijah, well, Wood's, Elijah Wood's not really about his looks. It's his brain. I'm really into what he's into. Like maybe, I love, maybe we I, could get him as a guest. <laughs> I I would I would lose my shit if he would be a guest for yeah. real. I would I would be so I would be professional but also starstruck. I would leave it all up to you. 
and I would just watch from a distance. And you would, we would both stifle the urge to call him Frodo. <laughs> Be like, show me your tattoo. You know, people yell at him on the street. Frodo, show me your tattoo. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So we next week, or not next week, but in June, sometime. <laughs> Sometime in June. We don't Sometime know. Sometime in the future. Sometime in the future. We don't know the date yet. Of the sixth month of 2021. Uh, yes, we will be doing uh, Joe Ball. And the movie is called Eaten Alive. It's got several titles, but Eaten Alive, Eaten Alive is one of the titles. Um, it's from the 70s. It's about a dude. The movie is about a dude who feeds people to, to alligators. <laughs> it's going to be a great time. <laughs> I've yeah. never I've never seen it before, so this will be like fun experience for us. I'm excited. You, you've never seen it either. Eaten alive? Yeah. Have you? I don't think so. Yeah. Okay. I've, so I've been like looking at I don't think I have, but my mom watched a lot of weird horror movies and stuff when I was little, so. And I know it's an older movie, right? Yeah, 70s. Yeah, so I don't think I watched it, but I may have. Okay. Well, I'm excited to do an older one because we've done a lot of the ones past the year 2000 recently, barring The Dentist. (laughs) <laughs> and uh yeah i'm excited to dive into some older horror that's got more um like trivia about it so i can dive more into that and stuff so okay guys um we'll catch you next time yeah and uh don't go into people's houses that smell like death no it's a bad move and if you manage to escape from someone's house don't go back yeah, don't go back for your $50 or the key for your your uh, wrist restraints. Yeah, you can get someone to solder that off. Yeah. Or you Bye. could just eat your whole arm off. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. Bye. <laughs>on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.